welcome everybody to Questions and Conversations, our monthly podcast here at Eagle Mod Church. Uh, my name is Joel, and I am the host, but also going to be participating in conversation today. With us is... Hey, I'm Brennan. And my name is Marlo. Some of you may recognize these guys. Uh, we're going to be having a really spirited conversation today. Spirited. No pressure, eh? No pressure. Spirited is the way to say <laughs> that we're going to be fighting. No, it is not. Uh, but we're going to have a, a hot-button topic to talk about today, and that is God, faith, and politics. Now, I just started off here. Is it even possible to have a conversation on these lines without us fighting? Yeah, absolutely not. I think we'll have to scream the whole time for it to be a political uh, discussion at all. I, I see your face getting red already. <laughs> uh, one of the things that often happens is, is uh, culturally, when we have differences of opinions, there can be really big um, dividers between us. And, and I think one of the things we hope to do with this podcast is uh, help model what it is to have good conversation. And good conversation doesn't just exist when we all unilaterally have the same vanilla opinion. Right. But how do we have good conversations in a world that's not always linear, clear, black, and white? And if there's ever a topic that can provide not clear, black, and white, it can be the whole area of politics. Mm. Now, right now, we're in a heated time. Uh, in the U.S. specifically, there's a big election going down. I don't know if you guys have heard about this. Where's that? Uh, Guatemala. Okay. <laughs> uh, there's apparently some big thing going on down south. And so even here in Canada, you can't watch the news without hearing uh, you know, about the American election. And so before we even get into any of our questions and our, our conversation today, I, I want to start off by just kind of putting the, the foundational groundwork here. This conversation, if you're waiting to find out who each person voted for, that's going to happen at minute 10 of oh, today's conversation. Okay. Uh, spoiler alert, Kanye. <laughs> <laughs> Kanye West will be receiving the endorsement of all the pastoralists <laughs> uh, at Eagle Mount Church. Uh, the purpose of this conversation is not going to be about who do we endorse or not endorse as politicians, but it's going to take a, a more broad overhead, um, I think a more important foundational conversation of how does faith intercede or interconnect with politics? Is that even possible? So, gentlemen, as we start this question, I start with this. As a follower of Jesus, how does that affect your view of politics? Or can I put it this way? Should there be a, a, an implication of being a follower of Jesus, of being a Christian, and how you relate to the whole area of politics. That's a really broad question to start with. Mm. Yeah. Well. Do you have anything off the top of your head? Go for it. I mean, I, I can't. As soon as you ask that, something does pop to mind. And that is the, the areas that are uh, s social issues. You know, what does the Bible say about um, the value of life? on the front end, on the back end, euthanasia, abortion, those kinds of issues. Um, and it's, yeah, I increasingly becoming uh, challenging to find a candidate that aligns with biblical ethics uh, or uh, biblical uh, stances on, on those types of issues. Uh, but uh, I certainly, that is a, a big part of my um, assessment of various candidates over over the years uh, that's my christian faith and biblical foundation 
wanting to have influence in every aspect of my life. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to now, cause you, you said two questions and I <laughs> can't think of which one exactly I'm answering, but I think to answer your question enough is, um, the way that I like that I think we should view politics that I try and view it is that, um, like I have to f first look through the world, um, like through the gospel or at least, you know, with a, with a Christian perspective or, or worldview. So that kind of then dictates, um, what I'm looking for in, in government or, or politicians. Um, so it's just kind of before, you know, um, you let your political views be swayed, I guess you have to first kind of set your foundation in Jesus and, and, and your faith, because that has to be the most important thing that should dictate, you know, everything about your life. And I recently received one of James Emery White's uh, blogs uh, in my inbox. And actually what you're saying, Brendan, there is his uh, first point uh, in this uh, is when it comes to politics, you are first and foremost a, f a Christ follower. And f coming from the States, this blog, he, uh, James Emery White, pastors in the U.S., and some of you know his uh, latest, I think it's his latest book, or maybe he's got one since, but Generation Generation Z in the States, Generation Z, right, Brennan, uh, in <laughs> Canada, insane. right? Yep. Good differentiation. But anyway, great book. Um, and this is the author of this blog, uh, same author as that book. When it comes to politics, you're first and foremost a Christ follower uh, and in his context, of course, he says you're not primarily a Republican or a Democrat. You're a Christ follower. And so, yeah, I think what you're saying, viewing yeah. the whole arena of politics through the gospel, what what that's important. And, and, and other questions of, well, what does that look like? What does that mean is further discussion as we'll have. So one of the one of the portions of the Bible that often gets brought up when it comes to this whole topic of politics is people will bring up the story when Jesus was given a coin and he 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 says give unto caesar what is caesar's and what is god unto god's god's man i can talk correctly and to god what is god's yes. um so oftentimes th that's brought up in the conversation um of the question does there need to be a separation of church and state Again, these are pretty big, broad questions. But do you think that there is a, a biblical foundation for the church being engaged in politics? Or on the flip end, do you think that that there is a biblical um, foundation for those of the church not being engaged in politics and being separated from that? As some would say, that's Caesar's, so leave unto Caesar what is Caesar's. Mm -hmm. How would you respond to that? Mm. I have something, but do you want to say anything? Okay. Like, of course, you know, I'm definitely a, you know, an expert in this area. <laughs> so this is just like, of course, everything here is just, we're of course trying our best to talk about what we believe to be, um, like how to follow God and still be involved in politics. But I'm 24. I'm <laughs> not that interested in politics, but I do believe it's an important conversation. So whatever I say, 
maybe take it with a grain of salt. But uh, I have thought about this stuff sometimes, so I don't know. Um, yeah, that's for, very honest of you. Yeah, just you know, just I don't want anyone to think that <laughs> I think I'm an expert here. What is this guy talking about? Brennan's got his poli sci degrees. What you yeah. Okay. Um, so for the Reagan's ch- Reagan's coming after for you the, <laughs> for the church and state discussion. Um, I guess that's pretty multifaceted and, and it can mean a lot of different things. But um, so I think, yeah, I don't know. I think um, the government is meant to represent the people. So I, I personally think in like, let's say our, our, our culture of Canadians when we're, when Christianity is actually a pretty big minority and we're a pretty post-Christian culture, I, I think for, the church to try to think that um, well, it's church in general, I guess, to try and you know push what we believe to government might not actually have the the result that we want. Because um, if 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 government's supposed to represent the people, and then most of them aren't Christians, and we try to push you know what we want in government, then I think it could turn people away and have, has could actually have a negative effect like s- people would see the church as oppressive or just trying to push rules and then they see Christianity as just trying to push rules but there also does need to be Christians that stand for for social issues and, and what they believe so it's it's a kind of complicated topic in my mind you know if if there was if this was 60 years ago and or you know in the states or even in Canada, when it's like, oh, everyone went to church, then maybe the church can have a little bit more of a, of a role in in dictating laws because that represents the people. But when it doesn't, I think it could have a negative view of or a negative um, effect of people being turned away from Jesus and turned away from the gospel, because all they see the church doing is trying to fight against maybe what they believe or what they think is best for their country and in terms of behavior. Yeah. 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 No, that makes sense. And there's some issues where it's, it's, you know, it's different. Like in, in my mind, you know, abortion, I think is a Mm -hmm. good thing for Christians to, to fight against. Um, but then there's, there's other issues that maybe a lot of Christians do try to fight against. And I think might just damage the, the view of of Christianity. Interesting. Um, yeah, I, I, I think good intention Christians have at times without saying it, but maybe we expected a non-Christian government to act like Christians, Yeah, you know, imposing, I don't know if that's the right word, but, um, maybe imposing a, a Christian ethic and moral values upon society as if we sh- you should pick this up. This is the best way to live. And we know it's the best way to live because it's God's way to live. But yeah. when you don't have God at the center of your life, you, you don't have the Bible as the foundation of your life, you're, your moral compass is pointing in a completely different direction. Yeah. Um, but as citizens, Christians have as every right as anybody else to you know, communicate with their representatives in governments at various levels, at all levels, uh, about... Uh, about issues um and that's important to do uh but but still you know you reference the gospel 
Brennan, and it, it's so true. The, societies are changed. You don't, you don't legislate meaningful, sustainable change. That happens one heart at a time. Yeah. The gospel having, you know, and mm -hmm. that's, of course, the, the role of the Holy Spirit and the vibrant, contagious, in a positive way. Yeah, maybe not. that's not the best word to use in COVID season, contagious Christianity, <laughs> but you know what I mean. Uh, <laughs> uh, the, 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 the witness, the life witness of every Christ follower across Canada. I mean, just imagine if all of us took that great commission of Jesus seriously, yeah. loving God and loving people and being filled with the Holy Spirit and sharing the gospel through our words and our deeds and our relationships. And wow, um, that's the way to see mm -hmm. change uh, in, in every area of society. Um, so yeah. what do you think? You're not allowed to turn questions on me. I'm See, the question I, I know I'm, he's got some okay. things to say. <laughs> no, I, I think, yeah, like what well, what I'm hearing, I guess what I'm hearing first, um, and tell me if I'm on here, but uh, from taking both of your comments together, I'm hearing part of the issue is, is not whether Christians can or should be involved in any type of political movement, but rather it's what is the weight that we put on the political movement versus the weight that we put in our hope yeah. in Christ. That's, That's a good, good way to say it. Yeah. And I, I, like, I, I think there's something to that. Like, I know I've had some great conversations over the years. I'm not really a politics guy. Um, I, I, don't, I don't like talking about it. And I think I, I, it was one of the things I love about our staff. We don't talk about who we vote for. And Marl, I'll say this. Is that purposeful for you? Like, because we we've never I've never yeah. heard in our church anybody say vote for this person. Right, right. No, we as a church we I don't believe we can or should um, respect one another's opinions and where there's trusted relationship to talk about if you're comfortable. But that's a question that probably comes uh, from I would say from from my dad, uh, thinking back in my upbringing where it was uh, more of a personal, kept personal thing which isn't bad not that it's never something that you know again is a topic that you could broach uh, with a with a trusted friend and have good dialogue about and even difference of opinions on but that's where the whole relationship of, of trusting the heart of the person uh, that you're going to share with right i'm getting off topic here but yeah yeah, and, and I and I I mean I am wired the same way, and I it's one of the things I appreciate is as I think as a staff, we don't we don't view it as we view that as irresponsible. We recognize that we have a platform to be able to speak from, and that platform is not to, you know, set any political agenda. Right. But uh, but to going back to um, the the question here is is it's not a matter of, of if a person can or cannot be involved in politics, but it's that weight. As, as some of the conversations I've had even about, you know, um, well, in, in the Bible itself, it talks about the importance of the need to care for the orphans, for the widows, for the poor. And, and I know some good conversations I've had of, well, we should be looking, our politicians should be doing that. And I think those are absolutely good things that we should be looking for. But one of the things is where the Bible asks for that, for that attitude, for that action of, of care, for that reaching out for social justice, it actually doesn't speak to any political authority. That's actually speaking of the role of the church. And, and I think maybe that's sometimes where we get askew is when we have an expectation of, 
a particular person or a, or a political party or any type of organization fulfilling the role that really is the role for the church to fulfill. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like that's where we're supposed to be the ones caring for orphans, for widows. And so if our, if our politicians, if we desire that from them, that's not a bad thing at all. But if we put the weight and expectation of it's their job to do that, we're actually giving away the responsibility and the call that God has put on us. Yeah, right. yeah. And, and would, would the government have to pick up that uh, task whenever, whenever they did years ago? Uh, I'm the oldest here, so, but I'm no history expert. But, you know, if the church fulfilled that fully and completely, and that's not a judgmental statement, but, you know, would, would the government be... Uh, asked or expected to do that if, if the church was fulfilling that part of the Great Commission uh, in terms of, uh, you know, caring for the poor. I don't know that they would need to from the government standpoint. So let me ask, this question might not take as long to answer, but for someone who is in your church who comes to you and says, is there a political party that is party of a Christian? Is there any political party that really is the official party of the Christian church? No. <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> You'd say no. But. No. I mean, to go back a little bit to what we were, you said something earlier that uh, um, brought to mind a, a few times over the years where there's been resources available so Christians in the churches can, can assess uh, who they want to vote for, prayerfully, individually decided upon, and it lays out what they believe on different issues, uh, and that takes us back to the, the biblical filter of making that decision. Um, and really, uh, there's, uh, again, to reference this blog from James Emery, Emery White, he says, you're always voting for the lesser of two evils. Well, in their, in their system, that's the two options uh, over, the, over the decades, of course. Mm -hmm. um, but he says... Uh, there's no perfect candidate, there's no perfect party, uh, there's no perfect platform, unless Jesus is on your ticket, he says. And really, that's, that's true, in, obviously, in Canada as well. Yeah. So no. I don't know if that, sorry, I, I might have taken uh, away from your uh, original question there. I think you both answered with no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that's right, we were pretty concise there. Pretty concise, <laughs> so with that, does it logically make sense then that there can be differing opinions even within followers of Jesus, that you could have people that are in relationship with Jesus, that are prayerful, that are thoughtful, that are considerate, and vote according to what they believe are the most important things. They weigh out all the options, but that you could have Christians that vote for different parties. Is that possible? Yeah. <laughs> like that it happens yeah, for sure it's <laughs> um, possible yeah yeah because there's so many factors that go into kind of people's people's worldview and whether or not either side is right is not it's not the question it's like hopefully they're both looking at you know either whoever you vote for you're looking at um who you think is actually like like if Jesus was in your position, who would you vote for? I guess like yeah. hopefully you're looking at that, but there's there's always going to be differences in you know the values that we place on different things depending what we've been taught, you know what we know, what we've 
what we've researched, who we're raised by, like, um, you know, what community we grew up in. So, so many things can attribute to um, a change in who you vote for, but, you know, that doesn't dictate your relationship with Jesus. Like, that doesn't, that's a secondary thing, you know, to, so, to the relationship we have. Yeah. Yeah. So currently, the the current political environment, I don't know if you guys have caught on to this, a little bit tense. (laughs) There's a a slight bit of intensity to what's going on. Just a a smidge or a pinch, your choice. Um, But we we see this. We, I mean, in the U.S. elections right now, but I would say this is true even of recent elections we've had in our own country. That there seems to be um, a greater chasm of divisiveness yeah. when it comes to politics, and it seems like almost. And Marla, you've had more elections than than any of the rest of us here, mm-hmm. but it sure seems, from from my point of view, like it's almost progressively like every election seems to get deeper and deeper right. into this wide chasm mm-hmm. uh, of divisiveness. How do how does a, a follower of Jesus? How do they combat that? How do how do we combat the divisiveness that we see and we hear in our culture, in our country, when it comes to this area? And I'll, I'll maybe, as I give you a chance to think, I'm gonna I'm gonna lay the platform of why we should ask this question, because from our earlier discussion, we've already talked about that. A follower of Jesus, we don't have an excuse to not, to kind of just turn a blind eye and go, well, I'm not a follower of Jesus when it comes to politics. If I'm a follower of Jesus, it means I'm a follower of Jesus in everything I do. So there shouldn't be anything in this life that Jesus doesn't come with me in. So how do we combat this divisiveness that we hear and we face all around us? I think, uh, yeah, it's, uh, I, I think it speaks to, uh, I think, Brennan, you said something earlier about the the weight, or maybe that was your word, Joel, about the, the weight we place on mm. politics. So I think that the weight that we put on it, uh, or or should I say it this way, the, 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 the level of divisiveness that we even feel in our own heart um, is proportionate to the weight that we're putting on it, the value, the, the way the world is going to change. Um, if we're convinced that's the way the world's going to change through politics, then, yeah, we'll, we'll get probably more heated and um, <laughs> the division is potentially greater. Uh, again, not to downplay the importance of the political choices and, and our engagement as citizens of countries that happen to be Christians. It's important. So I don't know if that if that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, when you when you say, yeah, is there not also a level of you put your weight in that? Does that not also lead to a pretty hopeless life? Well, well true. true. When we're putting all our weight, all our eggs yeah. in the basket of this person or this party or this movement yeah. is that's what's going to save the world. God's going to lose control, control if he gets, gets in, in or she, she gets, gets in. in. Right. No. God's sovereign notwithstanding the brokenness of the world that shows itself in every area, including politics, yeah. including my heart, yeah. right? So, yeah. 
Um, yeah, to answer like how you downplay the divisiveness, I think um, part of it for a lot of Christians is to first not play it into that mm-hmm. div- into that divisiveness and and you know everything that goes into that, um, which is yeah, like first we need to have be able to just. I don't know how do you how you cultivate this, but you need some you know you just you need to be able to talk to people without yeah. getting angry. Like like you need to to learn how to love people and to listen to them and mm. um, it, you know because it doesn't at the end of the day it doesn't matter who they vote for. Like they're a you know a child of God or or they're someone else who's in your church and part of the body of Christ. And we need to put that first. Yeah. Um, so yeah like we just need to learn how to be okay with people disagreeing with us and having open conversations and share what you believe sure but listen and actually try and learn something is can help but also it's like maybe stop posting on facebook so much (laughs) (laughs) because all you're doing is is dividing like you're you're posting this usually these like kind of blanket statements of who you vote for so then sure maybe you'll have people that agree with you but then you'll you'll just sort of turn people away mm-hmm. from having honest and open conversation with you because i don't know it's just this facebook like facebook just sort of draws that out and i've never seen like a good conversation happen on mm. facebook where like two people who disagree <laughs> yeah. ever come to terms cuz it's just like you're behind a computer. You, you're not talking to someone face to face, so you communicate different people. Like it's just, it. I that's don't know. Good. It never no, plays that, well. That's good input for our culture, really. Yeah. Um, listening keyword you mentioned there, so vital. A, a lost yeah. art, and I, yeah. I, I'm constantly trying to make myself aware of that in in all conversations, and I yeah, don't always too. do a great job. It's hard. Asking, <laughs> it is asking good questions, asking to understand. Preparing, preparing my next question in the conversation to understand instead of preparing my rebuttal. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a habit change. Uh, a guy that years ago I noticed use a phrase that I'm trying to, to work in more and more, and I'm still a work in progress, is, uh, but the, this, uh, no, not, not but, but um, what was it now? Uh, I, I, I view that a little differently. The bridge from what someone has expressed to my sharing, and I, we all have the, the privilege to, to do that. As we listen, we earn the right to be heard, and I, I, I like that transition statement from after genuinely listening to someone, asking questions to understand how they arrived at that position. Okay, interesting. Yeah, you know what, I, I think I would still I view that a little differently. And it's a good communication uh, cultivator, I, I think. Yeah. This is authentic because I'm having like flashbacks of many times of being in one-on-ones with Marlo. Differently, <laughs> 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 so genuinely, he does use this. Or, he's or he's being truthful. <laughs> but I think you're. Right. I mean, Proverbs talks about that, right? Mm-hmm. That we're we should be slow to speak. Mm-hmm. That listening needs to come first. And I mean, like, I mean, again, this is not anyone. Has, has anybody recently watched a political debate? Uh-huh. Is there much for listening? <laughs> right. right. Like, 
and there there is that engagement because it, it's it's always about trying to more than trying to capture as you said Brennan those blanket statements mm -hmm. those things I mean they're always going to cause just divisions in camps when we can get to the heart of the person beside us yeah. that's when we get the platform to actually have good dialogue and good connection yeah. Yeah. if you want to if you want to have unity that's that's where that's going to happen is when you actually start to listen and not just listen for my trigger words as you're saying marlo like the things that i'm that i'm ready to i i've got my rebuttal i'm working on getting my response right now while i'm listening yeah, to you right. but to actually like hear mm -hmm. the heart of that person and and even pull that out and champion like what are the commonalities of the heart do they are do they care about the welfare of others do they care that people are you know, are, are genuinely cared for and treated well and champion those commonalities even at that base level, yeah. no matter where you fall. Yeah, good. yeah and I think when, like, when talking to someone, we should be more focused, or when discussing politics, I guess, is mm -hmm. the topic, we should be more focused still on, like, building a relationship with people than trying to win an argument. Mm, and good. and f maybe politics is too sensitive, and sometimes it's better just to not talk about it. You know, there's people that like to bring it up and mm -hmm. like to kind of stir things up. And a lot of the time, it's probably, if if there's people around you that are willing to have a conversation and, and you know, then go for it. If it's going to just make people upset and that's all it's going to do, it's probably not worth it. Like, I have a, I have a couple friends that we disagree on some stuff, but... Can I get their names? <laughs> just just I, call them out. <laughs> but I'm, I'm close enough with them that I could say any viewpoint I want pretty much no matter how different it is than theirs and I I know that that's not going to hurt our relationship like we're close enough we're we're open enough with our like whole lives that I can just say whatever and that's gonna be fine with other people in my life I would not do that just because it, it's not gonna it's not gonna help anything it's probably just gonna do harm in, in our relationship Oftentimes, like when when it comes to any of these type of topics that are really kind of those topics that can build division, mm -hmm. I always think of Paul's words, like where he said, "I aim to be all things to all people." Mm. Yeah. And I don't think, like when he was saying that, he wasn't saying I don't stand for anything. Right. He's saying, like to me, Jesus and the gospel is really all that matters. Yeah. So all the other stuff. I'll do whatever is required so that I can be close to you so that I can show you Jesus and you can know him. Yeah. So we kind of already talk, talked about this a little bit, but I'm, this is our last question. Um, and we can maybe just dig more specifically as we've touched on it already. But how do, you, how do we respond? This is a, like a three-parter here. How do we respond to those who have differing political views. For those of us in the church, how to respond to those both in the church and out of the church with different political views? Is it possible to be close with those who differ? And the big one, how do we maintain something we talk about often at Eaglemont, unity within the body of Christ? Well, I mean, you're right, and we talk about that and have for years. It's possible to be, there's, unity is displayed when? In diversity. The strength and the power of unity is displayed only when there is diversity. Um, and it's not uniformity, but unity in diversity. And so if we say that about, you know, whether we're talking about doctrinal issues or, you know, whatever opinions on different things, 
uh, whether you know water skiing is the best sport or not. Um, <laughs> uh, it has to apply to this area of of, of po political views. Now, are there are there some sin issues? Yes. Is it a sin to take an unborn life? I believe it is. Is that a sin that is that God can forgive? Absolutely, for someone who has experienced that in their life. And the, 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 the shame that they bear is not something they need to bear because Jesus bore that on the cross. And so there's freedom there for that person, that, that individual. But as a, as, a, as a governmental policy, that's a, that's, a, that's a policy that is against God being the originator of life. And so that's something as a citizen that we need to make our voice known on. Um, so I, I, I would assume that in the context of the, our, our body of Christ that that's not a debate point, but other debate points uh, or points of debate that people can really get worked up about. Um, it, is, it is possible, like every conversation, we have to approach it with, with the heart of Christ. And I think we've touched on some of the, some of the specific disciplines of, I am going to go into this conversation. I know it's potentially volatile, but I'm going to go in with a listening posture and a humble posture and not in a posture that I got to win this argument or, you know, to, to, to lay aside pride. All of those elements of having good, healthy, mutually encouraging conversation, no matter the topic, come into play and must come into play, maybe even more so on, on a, a topic like this that is potentially even more divisive than a lot of things. Um, I, I, I'm not sure if I answered all those three questions, but yeah, it is possible to have unity and have differing opinions on, on, in the political discussion. I kind of forget all the three questions. That there were. <laughs> I kind of wipe that right out. <laughs> how, do, how do we respond to those with differing political views? Is it possible to be close and in relationship with those who differ? And how do we specifically in the church maintain unity within the body of Christ when it comes to the whole avenue of politics? Right. Um, so, yeah, I believe it is t totally possible to have a good relationship with people that differ from you. And I've experienced that. And I know many people have in different areas. But, um, um, but then, I don't know, some people maybe have close relationships and with people that have different political views, but they don't know it because some people don't talk about it at all. <laughs> so whether that's better, maybe, <laughs> maybe a little bit, but it's also good to have healthy discussion and honest discussion about, uh, you know, everything about life. But um, yeah, how do we, how do we build unity? Um, I think it's just the first thing that has to be in our minds is that Jesus is the one that unites us, and that's the most important thing that does unite us, and everything else is secondary. And so, um, yeah, we should just be seeing that in people and valuing that before we, we um, you know, judge them for, for this or kind of write them off because they believe that or whatever. Um, if, if Jesus is you know, their Lord, their, their Savior, like, if they have a relationship with Jesus, then there can be a loving community with them. That's, you know, what the Bible teaches us, and I believe God mm -hmm. unites us through that, and so we just need to um, learn 
how to do that because sometimes that takes time takes practice learning how to love people that are different from you or that you might not have experienced um you know whatever it can it can be like anything that's you know different than than you are it can if you haven't experienced it before it can be uncomfortable but that's to get through that i think is is something that will bring us to like the church to be the best community that it can be yeah i like that I, I, I would say in partnership with, because when we say let's put Jesus as primary, Jesus is first, obviously, yes. But the flip side of that is we need to put other things in the proper weight that it should be too. Right. So it's not just because if we put Jesus first, but we have a lot of other things first too, we're not there. <laughs> it's Jesus comes first and everything else needs to come at a distant second. Mm-hmm. Um, especially, I mean, like, you think of the, I, I'm going to say millions, but that's probably such a shortfall, but the millions and millions and who knows beyond of dollars that's being spent on cl- political campaigns. And really, they're, they're being spent to, to motivate you, to push you in a direction or to push you against a certain direction. Yeah. I mean, that's not, that doesn't belong to any one party. That's, that's what happens in a campaign, and it's, it's pushing that end. And if we put a weight on that, it's, it can bring a control over your soul that it never should. So it's it's taking the, the weight off of that. Really, again, as we've talked about in this conversation, that's not where my hope lies. That's, that's not, I don't believe that the, the future of my country or the future of my kids or my grandkids relies on this person or this political party. Their future relies on God. You know, there's that trust aspect of sovereignty in God. And even, I don't know, I think oftentimes of um, the story of, of, of Daniel. And you look at Daniel in the Old Testament, where he's pulled out and he goes into Babylon. And he serves like, if, you know, some of the things we don't agree with, maybe with our politicians, but Daniel had a lot of stuff to disagree with in the rulership that he was under. He didn't live in a kingdom that necessarily represented the values of his God, but he was able to serve faithfully a king. So he is faithful to, to the kingdom that he, he was in on earth, but more importantly, much higher than that was his faithfulness to his God. And if we put the weight on both things correctly, I think it keeps us from having those harsh reactions to each other, where we feel like we have to fight to make sure our secondary stuff is adopted by everyone else that we can actually be comfortable with hey that stuff might be different we might view this differently because you think this is more important and i think this is more important but much more than that is we believe that jesus comes way above that so we can coexist with unity okay as we close i know i said that was last question but i'm gonna ask one more just in case because I don't know, there might be someone who listens to this podcast a year from now, and we've got an election in Canada, and they have to make a decision. As a pastor of the people in your church, if you were to say one thing for, for what your, you would hope your church congregation does when it comes to politics, when it comes to how they engage, whether it's with the discussion or the whole process of having to vote, what is your suggestion of, or what is your tip of how to approach having to make a political decision or a vote in in their own country. 
again, the point of this question is not who would you vote for, because we don't even know who that would be, but, but what would be your, your, your tip or encouragement if you have one? I'm putting you on the spot. Yeah, just prayer and find out. Find out what their stance is on, on the things that you uh, value and, you know, the alignment with biblical perspectives on, on things that are uh, clearly s sin issues in God's perspective. Yeah. I don't know. Pray about it. <laughs> That's a good answer. Um, yeah. Just pray about it, and then as discussions arise, always look to, to be loving before anything else, like, you know, as we talked about. Yeah. Awesome. Well, gentlemen, well done. Right. I don't think we offended too many people. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you for listening. And I hope, I hope, if nothing else, this again sparks the conversation. And I, and I hope for you in your marriage, in your home, in some of your close relationships, again, not on your Facebook wall, but in your close relationships, can we remember that Jesus exists with us in all of our lives. So maybe for some of us, we need to start inviting Jesus into this aspect of our lives and make sure that He's a part of that as well. Thanks for listening, and we'll be around next month.